the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. This is it. The last day of the month. February 28th. Ever wonder why February has 28 days? Russians. No, not the Russians. Romans. Blame the Romans. I know you're saying, well, you scared me there for a second. You thought it was Putin? No. It was King Numa Pompilius. Pompilius. I know you're saying, why do you say it like that? I don't know. He was a Roman king. He tweaked the calendar sync with the lunar year. That including changing every month to 29 days because even numbers were unlucky at that time. One month, though, needed to have an, an even number of days. And February was selected since it was when the Romans held rituals for the dead. So February was dropped to 28 days. And despite numerous changes to the calendar over thousands of years, it's stuck. So I think today, in theory, we should be honoring the dead of the Romans. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. The NASDAQ was a winner yesterday. SP 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average all winners. Stocks started climbing after last week's slump as things calmed down a bit in the bond market. Ten-year treasury tick, 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 tick a little bit lower. Not much. Union Pacific jumped after the railroad company said it would give in to investor pressure and replace its CEO this year. I find that interesting. SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States, debt forgiveness arguments, the fate of the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness plan, and the monthly budget of tens of millions of Americans. That's what the story is financial in my head. You forgive that debt, and you're going to stimulate home buying, and you're going to stimulate the consumer. Given the court's six to three conservative majority, many legal experts see a tough road ahead for the $430 billion debt relief program. But I do think that's an interesting um, story to watch this week. Yeah, well, OK, no, 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 no. I forgot how the Supreme Court works. They're going to release their decision in the fall. Isn't this just a pain in the like, duh. you know, how long I've been having students email me. Do you think I should pay my debt? Do you think I should pay my bills? And I'm like, yes, pay your bills until the rules change. Yes, pay your bills until the rules change. It gets a little repetitive on my end. Rupert Murdoch admitted that Fox hosts endorsed false election fraud claims. That's just got to be a, a poop show at that network right now. When your boss is throwing his uh, team under the bus as best as he can to A, try to stay in business, B, try to stay a U.S. citizen. It's weird that an Australian um, 
has changed political discourse in America as powerfully as he has. So he threw Sean Hannity and Jeannie Perot under the bus. He said, we kept taking Mike Lindell's money because it was green and it was good money. Crazy, right? Supreme Court's going to decide on a financial regulator's fate. Justices agreed yesterday to consider a case challenging how the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is funded. The financial watchdog, which was created in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis, gets its cash directly from the Federal Reserve rather than from Congress. I don't think that's that big of a story to you, is my assumption. Let's take a look at today. Technically speaking, the market continues to hold up. The SP 500 closed just above its 200 day moving average and it managed to eke out a close yesterday just above its 50 day moving average. Technical trade still seems to be driving things right now on this last day of February. Target has been in and out of positive territory in pre market trading and trading today after topping fourth quarter expectations by issuing below consensus guidance for the fiscal first quarter. Again, we kind of care about what you just did, but we really care about what you say you're going to do. Zoom video is up 5% following its better than expected results. They're one of those companies that I'm using right now. This is a Zoom call. That, they're one of those companies that um, came out of the pandemic and it, it, got, it, it got the boom during the pandemic. That he got the bust, and now it seems to be putting it together as like, yeah, it's still going to be stick around for a lot of people. The audio quality is fantastic with the record. <clears throat> the upward thrust in the market rates, not just today, but throughout the month, has dictated the stock market's struggling price action. So where the 10-year treasury is, where the two-year treasury is, two-year treasury is at 4.8%. The 10 years at 3.9%. Um, the approach to 4% is creating some headwinds for stocks, yet the prevailing headwind at the moment may just be the six-month T-bill, which is up to 5.1%. You can get some amazing rates right now in cash. So as much as the stock market is struggling, and I know it, you would like to see it at an all-time high, I would too. It would feel good mentally, but we don't need it unless we're retired today. You can get some pretty good rates on cash. So what what's going on, in my opinion, summing up, <clears throat> odds are the Fed's going to be forced to keep pushing rates higher. More rate hikes ultimately stamp out an overly enthusiastic consumer and likely tips the economy into a recession. If policymakers are serious about their 2% inflation target, that's what has to happen. The strength in the January activity and inflation data suggests that the Fed might have to hike considerably further to find the point of pain. Pain is what Mr. T predicts for this fight. We need the point of pain not for Rocky, but for the consumer. Consumers start to feel pain from tighter policy. It'll put downward pressure on equities. The stock market really hasn't come to term with this, but it's trying. The bond market has been increasingly pricing in a more hawkish scenario. But the equity market, less so. So the bond market, I've always said, is smarter. The stock market, less so. Stock market's more irrational. It's more moody. But it's usually right six months down the road. Whereas a bond market, smart money is telling you, look, inflation's high. 
and we're sinking money this direction for a good reason. So if I were to say who's right and wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the bond markets, right? It doesn't paint the, the rosy picture of the SP 500 continuing to rip and roar this year. It, it, it tells me the SP 500 should struggle until we see those inflation numbers come down and then we can expect the Fed to stop. Four reasons why stocks could get burned from higher interest rates, demand destruction, lower margins, higher interest costs, asset write downs and credit losses. So demand destruction, if you have to pay on your credit card, you suddenly have less flavor for taking on more debt and getting less goods. The lower margins, uh, corporations have to borrow money, uh, just like you do. And if you're paying higher interest rates, you have less profit margins. 30. Big event coming up Saturday, March 11th. Income in retirement, financial planning in retirement. I went through a dry run yesterday with Stephanie Richmond. She's going to be at the event in Lafayette at the Lafayette Park Hotel Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon. Sign up today at robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Captain Kirk to the bridge. Captain Kirk to the bridge. SpaceX began launching its second-generation Starlink satellites with four times the network capacity. Musk did share a pretty cool video of the V2 mini-satellites releasing from rocket into orbit. The amount of math that goes in this stuff is crazy. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. So they're actually bigger, and due to the fact that they're slightly bigger, they're sending up fewer of them. Just 21 satellites. In the past, the first generation of the satellites, 50 to 60, could fit on the rocket. Um, what's interesting to note to me is that SpaceX continues to build out their capacity. Four times network capacity, and they're changing their pricing for residential customers. It's going to go maybe higher or lower based on where you're using it. So the satellite has extra capacity, prices go down. If the satellite has less capacity, prices go up. Could you imagine if that were the case in your neighborhood with internet? You live in a tall building, prices go up. You live out in the countryside, prices go down. Student loan borrowers camped out at the Supreme Court praising Biden's forgiveness plan. I just love a good camp out, to be quite honest with you. But again, to me, this is a story about unraveling consumer spending. It's a story about is it fair or not to give college graduates a financial break? Whereas, where's the high school graduates? Some high schoolers decided not to go to college because of the cost. I get the arguments here. I get it. Um, I had to pay off my student debt. You know, and I knowingly signed the paper going, oh, my God. And people told me you're crazy. That's a lot of money. Um, I think college costs are out of control. And I think we need to move towards more of a blue collar society, but also a society where Google and Microsoft, if you want the engineers, you train the engineers. Uh, 
it's silly that way our four-year system is set up to make a well-rounded individual. Um, most of Europe doesn't believe that model. And I'm not saying Europe was right, because uh, I think Jerry Lewis once said, England could kiss my butt. And he didn't quite say the word butt if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, yesterday, I talked about something fascinating. I talked about waste management. I got a lot of emails on that and how the trash business is something you could invest in. I talk a lot about movies because that keeps you entertained. We could talk about Time Warner and uh, the Dragon Show, or we could talk about you know Time Warner and uh, uh, the video game show. Um, the point being is it's, it's, I want you to find something to invest in that you care about that intrigues you and thus makes it more of a story for you to follow on a regular basis. I think that's the secret, um, to be getting better at investing is to actually care about what you're getting into real estate billionaire. Sam Zell warned that hot inflation isn't going to go away anytime soon. He said the fed screwed up. With headline inflation figures coming down and a strong labor market, some say the economy could be on its way back up. But billionaire investor Sam Zell does not share that opinion. Sam Zell is huge in real estate. And he's one of those people who I listen. I I don't. I'm going to soak him in. Okay, I'm going to sponge whatever he has to say. I'm going to try to figure it out. He doesn't scare me. He doesn't excite me. But he said when you spread out free money. For years at a time, you create significant drag, and I just don't see how we're going to avoid a slowdown as that whole process comes to an end. His quote was, I think the Fed screwed up by allowing zero interest rates to go on too long. I think we were just beginning to pay the price for that. It would be nice to say that it would be great if the Fed got lucky. I've been around for 50 years. I've never seen the Fed get lucky. That's pretty hardcore. I like it. I like it a lot, Sam Zell. Uh, uh, I used to know an economist personally is what I'm trying. We all know economists, but I used to know one personally. And he, he, I almost threw out a curse word. He hated the Federal Reserve. He's like, they're not elected. And here they are deciding policy. He had a really whiny voice. Home price gains weakened sharply to end 2022, according to a S&P case Schiller report. Um, this is the one that I like the most. It compares similar houses. It doesn't compare what's happening into a city on a average. It's looking at similar action. Prices are 4.4% below their June peak. Home prices in December were 5.8% higher than the previous December. But that's down from a 7.6% annual gain in November. So home prices are coming down fast. I'm okay with that. I own... This is so weird to say multiple millions of dollars of real estate. And I'm okay with how fast they're coming down. It's more shocking to me to look at where real estate has gone in the last year than the stock market for me. And I'm just using estimates. And that's the problem with real estate. You can only look at a Zillow or you can only look at a Redfin and see what similar homes in your neighborhood sell for, which is how comps are made more often than not. It's a little more work than that. 
But if they see someone in your zip code sold their house for a thousand dollars square foot, they look at how much square foot you have in public record and Zillow and Redfin say, okay, this is roughly how much your home is worth. So I don't know that my home has fallen in price because I haven't tried to sell it. I just assume based on what's selling on similar square footage, home prices in December were 5.8% higher than previous Decembers, which is crazy. That's a big number. That's an asset that's still working if you hold on to it. It's working against you if you're a renter. Now, we have December numbers now. The November numbers were a 7.6% gain. So that's a 1.8% drop, which you're like, just what's going on? 1.8%. But that's a big number when you figure out the um, exponential size of it based on it being under 10%. Some of the cities include New York and Los Angeles, up 4.4% in December, down from 6.3% the previous month. Seattle and Dallas marked a 4.6% year-over-year gain, down from 6.8% in the previous month. Cities still seeing the biggest price gains were Miami, Tampa, Florida, and Atlanta. Miami was up 15.9% year-over-year. Tampa up 13.9%. Florida up 10.4%. All 20 cities reported lower prices in the year ended December 2022 versus where they were at November 2022. So things are cooling down. But it takes time. That's one thing that I've learned on Wall Street is it can run up, but it can grind down. We're in a up to three year process that I think we're 13 months into. Could it go 13 months to three years? Yes. I I don't know what the number is going to be for you people, but we're just inflating right now. And that's not the worst thing in the world. Big event coming up Saturday, March 11th in Lafayette. Sign up at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Big event coming up, not this weekend, but March 11th. It's going to be first event with a new CFP in 20 plus years. I feel like I'm cheating on CFP, Chad Burton. It's interesting to note, um, but I'm working with another co-worker at EP Wealth, Stephanie Richmond. I sat in and listened to her event yesterday. She did a dry run for me and a couple other people. It's going to be good. Um, I like the content. I'm going to be very involved in the content. Talk about income gaps, long-term care, healthcare cost, in and outs of Social Security, working after retirement, pre-retiring, the ideas of retiring in a bad year, just getting bad luck. And if your nest egg was finished in 2021 and you said 2022 is the year I'm going to retire, you've got a horrific sequential events uh, turning against you on, you know, the your rate of returns and what your retirement is going to look like. There's a chance this year does not end higher, depending on how far the Fed has to go to get that inflation number down. If they are committed to fighting inflation that could be two bad years of stock market returns. And it shows you the importance of having two to three years of safe money in retirement. Three years of safe money hurts your returns in retirement over the longer term. Two years helps your returns. It's a wonky kind of thing. 
what are you betting on? That's why you need to work with a CFP. Um, so Stephanie Richmond and I, we just recently talked and I want to bring her on right here, right now. Joining me now, Stephanie Richmond, EP Well, CFP Regional Director in Northern California. Uh, we have a big event coming up March 11th. It's going to be in Lafayette, California. In fact, it's going to be at the Lafayette Park Hotel. Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon, from working to retire to living your life. It's a brand new seminar. Um, it's going to cover a lot of content. It's appropriate for people who are head into retirement and some people who are just into retirement, as well as retirees. Uh, you will learn something. I promise you that. That's the joy of uh, doing this type of work. Stephanie, let's talk a little bit about what are the differences in retirement now versus 10 years ago. And then a little later on, let's play with the idea of what do you think it's going to look like 10 years from now? Hmm. Sounds good, Rob. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I just want to share that I've been doing this since 1993, working with individuals like yourself, like me. And, you know, the landscape has definitely changed over time. And I think it's changed in a couple of ways. You know, first off, you know, the cost of living, right? That's, that's a, that's a, it's kind of a simple one to talk about. But if we just roll back the clock 10 years, where were we at in 2013? And inflation was running at, I think, 1.8 or 1.9%. In fact, it was hard to find inflation at that point, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, what we found is, you know, our expenses stayed pretty steady for, for a while from that point on, you know, but that landscape has shifted as we all know, you know, from the headlines, but also, um, you know, yeah, when we take a look at our pocketbook or how much of our savings we might be spending on, on living. So that's one thing to take into consideration is that new landscape. But on the positive side, one of the things that shifted over the last 10 years is what's happening in the investment world. And, you know, while stocks may be down or we know that stocks and bonds had a really horrible year last year, right? One of the things that's shifted, particularly um, particularly in the last several months, is that yields on bonds for the first time since 2008 look attractive, right? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the investment landscape, you know, considering a portfolio that actually has bonds as part of the equation for the first time looks attractive in a long time, you know, 10-year yields are up around uh, 4% on the 10-year Treasury note, right? And, right. you know, and a 60-40 portfolio in stocks and bonds looks much more attractive than it did, you know, just a few years back. So those are two big things. Um, another thing that is, has changed over time is, is uh, you know, income streams. Uh, you know, if we go back 10 years, go back 20 years, pensions were often um, a good part of the equation for many Americans. And, and today, that's not the case. So for people retiring today, or recently retired, very, very few people have pension income. So we've got to rely more on our savings and investments than ever before. And when you consider what, you know, what, what we're hearing about Social Security, while presently, it doesn't seem like it's going to go away, you know, um, unless something changes when it comes to how it's funded, you know, it's very likely that somewhere in the 2030s, we may just see our our Social Security benefits shrink, not necessarily go away, but go down. So these are some of the things you want to take into account when looking forward at your planning. Uh, so uh, looking ahead, I think one of the things that we can think of as a constant, and, you know, it changes all the time, is health care, right? Whether, you know, whether you were 
a retiree that had medical uh, medical retirement set up, for, retire, sorry, retiree medical um, in place for yourself. When you retire, um, in that case, you are lucky. Very few people have that again today, unless you perhaps work for a county or a, a city, something of that nature. Um, so making sure that you've got adequate funds in the bank to pay for your, your future medical costs is critical. And we see those inflating at roughly 5% a year um, here from here on out. It's interesting that you say that because before I got in the financial world, I thought Social Security was like free and Medicare was free and that it was going to be enough. <laughs> and then I got a humbling lesson when I went to SSA.gov mm. and I looked at my Social Security report. And I was like, I don't think I can live off that. So it is a supplement. And healthcare isn't it something like 250000 uh, from the time you retire to the time you die that you should be counting on? And I know the number goes up, but I, I don't know if that number is even accurate right now. Yeah, I think it's closer to 300000 now, Rob. I mean, it's pretty shocking. So, I mean, the key is you really have to have um, your plans in place when it comes to health care. I mean, I spent a lot of time with my mom um, recently looking at her coverage. You know, what, 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 is the right, what was the right supplement to enroll in, you know, last November when it came to, you know, um, uh, paying for her health care in addition to Medicare Part B? And, you know, one of the things I, I was surprised to find is that Medicare Advantage plans might not be all they're cut out to be. So it really makes sense to spend some good time, you know, considering your options when it comes to health care. Um, in addition, just to, you know, the overall cost is what, do you, what, what coverage do you actually have? Let's give a quick shout out to your mom and say that she raised a smart woman and um, <laughs> she's very lucky that she has someone who knows the financial planning world. My mother was very lucky. She had someone who knows the financial planning world. But a lot of people in America don't have people like us. And you get a little bit older and trying to figure out what what even just reading with the strain on your eyes. Um, it's a little bit more complicated retirement. Can you talk a little bit about that of, you know, those um, putting the whole thing together? Because what you're talking about so far in this segment, you've hit inflation, you've hit healthcare, you've hit a lot of things. How long does it take to put a, together a financial plan with a CFP like yourself? You know, it, it depends on the person, right? Okay, sure. One one of the things I I I say really when I when I start working with a new client, right, is that, that we can go as fast as you can provide us the data, right? So it, it it's important that you're organ you know that you're organized or that you get us the information because you know garbage in garbage out, right? When it comes to financial planning, and so maybe as a rule of thumb, when you're first starting to work with a financial planner is you may meet, let's just say, five, six, seven times. And that meet by meeting, I mean communicating by email, you know, spending time on the phone, answering questions about the information you're providing us. And then as we build the plan, we may come back to you with more questions. And then we'll get together and look at setting up a meeting where we can present the outcomes to you. And so, again, you know, it, it depends on it depends on the situation, but you know, plan on several meetings to get started. And then from there, just remember a plan is not a one and done. Right. When you work with a company like ours, it's a living, breathing thing. So we're going to meet, you know, annually to update your plan or whenever needed. What's nice about what you're saying is that me and my spouse work at different speeds. 
if I were to become your client, I can get you all that information in one day. But she likes to process it. She wants to be like, why are we talking about estate plans? Why are we talking about retiring early? Why are we talking about income gaps? What's this concept of retirement early and uh, working after retirement? So anyway, great segment. Love it. People can learn more about Stephanie Richmond. She's a CFP. She's a regional director and partner at EP Wealth. March 11th, from working to retire to living your life. It's going to be a two-hour event, Saturday, March 11th, 10 to noon, Lafayette Park Hotel. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Um, changing topics. This, Well, not staying on the same topic for just a second. I really like coming out of the East Bay. And this is my first East Bay visit in over three years. So please sign up for the event Saturday, March 11th at robblackshow.com. Target eked out. Slight growth in the holiday quarter sales, but warned of continued slowdown. Target is important to pay attention to because they're a leading retailer. They're a large retailer. They're a off-price retailer in a lot of levels. It's a big box retailer. They revealed shrinking profit margins and gave conservative outlook for the full year. The company expects that comparable sales, which is what we look at in retail, the same store in the same location, how will they do? It's a key metric that's that tracks stores that op- are open at least 13 months. And it's going to range from a low single digit decline to a low single digit increase for fiscal 2023. Um, so they're v- being, they think it's a challenging environment and they're being very conservative. That's, that's good. Um, bring down the earnings expectations, make them a little bit easier to achieve, get the valuation in line mentally for people to see that, you know, we're not paying crazy prices to get a company that's not growing. It's all part of the process. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Let's take a recap. Look at the day. There's a new TikTok ban. It's poised to advance in Congress, at least through the House of Representatives. It's a bill revised to change the legal protections that have shielded TikTok from U.S. sanctions and is expected to pass the House. Um, It could lead to potentially a ban on TikTok, although that feels still like it hasn't been argued out enough. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I guess the liberal in me wants, you know, media to be allowed to be media. Um, and to let consumers figure out what they're consuming. But when you start talking about algorithms, and I'm a little bit chubby right now, and if I was 17 years old, I'd probably search on my phone for, you know, we used to lose chub. And I don't like the idea of TikTok or Facebook or any social media suddenly serving me up as a teenager ads on, you know, diet pills. I don't like it. Um, or let's say the Chinese want to go to war with President Biden. One way to do it is to get our teenagers disillusioned, to get them unhappy at home, to stoke various factions in the United States with more anger and why you've been left behind. Messaging, which algorithms can deliver. So I don't know how I feel about it. I, I guess it's pretty obvious, right? Or maybe it should be. 
Let's take a look at some of the stories around the markets today. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. The SP 500 is down fractionally. The Dow's down 186 cents, down one half a percent. The NASDAQ was red, then it went green, then it went red again. So we're not building on any, we're really close to the technical moving averages. And if we break through them, it's expected we'll probably play with new lows. There's some winners, there's some losers today, but I'm not really seeing much of much of much going on. I'd say the Russell 2000 small caps are doing better than expected. If I'm trying to be positive, I don't try to be positive or negative. Um, oil sitting at $77.50 barrel, it's up 2.4%. 10-year treasury sits at 395 I don't feel that the market can be constructive between 3.75 and 4.2. It starts losing that ability to like to new highs. It when we start getting near 4%, starting 3.5%, it feels much easier. That's just the way this year's playing out, the way I'm seeing it. Um, you know, take it for what it's worth. Don't don't spend that lunch money if you know what I'm saying. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. <clears throat> Taking a look at the stories today, the S&P 500 is managing to close yesterday's session slightly above its 50-day moving average. Rising treasury yields keep pressure on stocks today. A few megacop stocks are offering support, but really not a lot. Weakness today in utilities, consumer staples, and healthcare. Winners today in communication services, materials, financial, and real estate. It probably is worth repeating that the housing numbers that came out for Case Schiller showed um, it's great to own real estate for the last year for the average American. For me in a higher end home, I've lost in real estate for the last 12 months um, because I had such big gains the previous 18 months before that. So it feels like there was a big whoosh push to use that 0% money, which equaled, you know, for me, a 2.5% mortgage rate. I'm thrilled with my mortgage rate right now. I'm not thrilled with my home price. Sometimes you can't have both. Longer term, I'm going to be thrilled with my real estate. Shorter term, I'm thrilled with my mortgage rate, and they can't take that away from me. I got 28 glorious years left to pay that one down. So I think that's a positive. Um, but home prices still on a year-over-year basis are up 5.8%, but down from the 7.6% gain last month on a year-over-year basis. That's a big drop. Prices are now 4.4% below their June peak. For all of 2022, the 5.8% gain was the 15th best performance ever in the history of the 35-year uh, uh, history of that index. So stopping and thinking about that for a second, last year was a great year for real estate. Top 15 out of 35 years, that's clearly in the top 50% of uh, years. Nice. New York and Los Angeles were up 4.4% in December, down from 6.3% in, in the previous month. So big cities are seeing it. Small cities are seeing it. And I, I'm not calling you small Seattle in Dallas, but they were up just 4.6%, down from the 6.8% in the previous month. 
Um, given prospects for a potential recession with the Fed lingering longer with higher interest rates, uh, the higher interest rates and the lingering longer, the lingering longer could lead to the recession. Even though the job market's very strong right now, job openings are very strong. The Fed has a weird scenario on their hand. Too many job openings that they want filled to have a healthy economy. And the Fed is supposed to have aim for maximum employment, but they also have a big problem with inflation. Inflation is not bad to you and me. Inflation really hurts the person who can't afford the internet. It really hurts the, the family who is struggling to put food on the table. I barely notice. No, I don't barely notice. I, I know, trust me, I mean, my bills are way higher than they should be. And then I'm what I'm used to seeing. But inflation's a big story. And um, we'll talk about it here on the show. Anything that you want me to talk about, send me an email. Say, I want you to talk about this. Drop it at me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. And just tell me where you want me to go with educating you on money and finances and investing. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.